Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very exciting Civilizations in Review. I am quite uh, looking forward to tonight's call for an uh, empire that maybe a lot of you already know. We're here with Matteo Piovacari, all the way in Italy, so thank you for staying up so late your time. Um, and our very first Civilizations in Review uh, live streamer, Coretta Lemetra, here to chat about the Phoenician Empire, one that is, I think, relatively well known and excited to learn even more wonderful details about it. Again, you're seeing us here live on Facebook, but we are also on Spotify for our podcast, our YouTube, our website, and Instagram TV to see all of the, well, the same conversation, but in all of those places uh, as we have our, I think, our 11th Civilization interview. So thank you again, Matteo, for writing this, for being here, and Coretta for helping me ask these great questions. I'll throw it to you, Coretta, to read your the 101 word intro. Yes, let's do it. Um, I am so excited to hear about the Phoenicians, and it's great to be co-hosting on this lovely Friday. So I'll just jump right in and read the 101 that you wrote, Matteo. Um, the Phoenicians remain renowned today as the greatest mariners of the ancient world, thanks to their high skill, high level of skill in shipbuilding and sailing. However, the civilization never became an empire. Rather, the Phoenician civilization organized its thelosocracy, that's a tricky one. We'll have to dig into that one. In independent city-states along the eastern Mediterranean coast, corresponding to the modern territories of southern Syria, Lebanon, and northern Israel. Their enterprising trade and maritime culture began to flourish around 2000 BCE. The Phoenicians likely referred to themselves as Canaanites. The name Phoenicians derives from the ancient Greek word and you're gonna, you guys listening to this, you're gonna have to go read it on the page because there's no way that I can pronounce it. Um, if anyone who speaks Greek, please let us know how you pronounce this. Um, but the Greek word refers to the purple dye that the Phoenicians were famous for trading. Okay. What a great intro. Thank you for, for uh, getting us all situated here. Um, I have been to Lebanon several times and every time there are those beautiful wood carvings of their boats that are the Phoenician uh, Empire. Let's just start there because that's the thing I know the most about them and we can dive more into all the other great aspects. Tell us more about their shipbuilding and sailing and uh, maritime mariner skills. Okay, okay. So first and foremost, it's very great to be here tonight. Uh, we do thank you, thank you all Fuzai, for all this incredible effort uh, that we are doing together to build this uh, uh, hub of knowledge. Uh, for the MENA region. Um, actually, the reason why I chose the Phoenicians is um, because with them, I, I believe to share something, which is the this desire of going beyond, always beyond, expanding um, towards new horizons. And it's basically what the Phoenicians uh, did all across their, um, I guess, around 2,300 years of, uh, of life. Of as this civilization existed as such. Um, so there is, of course, I opened my, my intro with this, uh, with this very, um, very important sentence because they were like the main skill was uh, when they were uh, going to the sea. So what happened to the, to this, the Phoenicians? So the Phoenicians was, were born by these civilizations that were living in, in the region, in this coastal region of the Levant, uh, in the late Bronze Age. So we are thinking about 3000, 4000 BCE. Um, and they were basically enclosed. So their way to the, 
to the mainland was enclosed by this, uh, was barred by this mountain range. We think about, for example, the mountains of, of Lebanon, where I've also been and I had the pleasure to visit, uh, or the Golan East, for example, uh, in, in between Syria and Israel. Um, so they couldn't go farther there, so they moved to the sea. So they expanded to the sea. And uh, um, they made of this, uh, of this uh, premise, their the strength, their, their, their flagship that made them famous across all, all eras. So basically they invented in all these, uh, let's say marit maritime, maritime real realm, a lot of different um, techniques of navigation, for example. For example, the Phoenicians were very good at, um, at using stars to navigate in the sea. That was, uh, they were among the first to use stars and especially to study as, as well the tides as ways of in, interpreting the, the sea and, and finding the routes. Also, they were using natural uh, coastal um, marks, for example, to move. Uh, or on the other side, they were great ship, shipbuilders, the great inventors, uh, and they innovated um, in certain aspects as well in, in this uh, shipbuilding that uh, endured over centuries and arrived towards the, uh, the, the our contemporary, contemporary days. Uh, so for example, they invented, they were the first using the, the keel, if I pronounce it correctly. Uh, so they basically reinforced the keel of the already existing ships and they made them more balanced and especially waterproof, extremely waterproof. So their, their ships were so uh, resistant, uh, so fast, also given their, their geometry, let's say, their architectural work that, were, that was uh, behind them. Uh, also they invented or used for the first time, probably throwing a, a rock with a, with a wire, uh, the anchor, which is so, so fundamental nowadays um, to, to navigate. And so from an, uh, necessity of simply surviving as a civilization, given their, their morphology of their land, uh, and the fact that they were also surrounded by these great empires, um, became really their strength uh, in a way that they survived for 3,000 years, uh, in, even more than that, uh, without being strong warriors. And that's, I think, uh, uh, a record in history. Um, they were actually conquered, but they were left with some independence all the way. Uh, and I can I can stop here, otherwise I'm covering. Uh, ben, I have a question. If you don't mind me jumping in here, yes. I mean that the amount of influence it sounds like they had through their their trading and the inventions is absolutely amazing. I mean, be, being that constrained. And then being able to actually be become that successful through trade is, is, is wild. Um, that does bring me to the question though, and you, you kind of started touching on this, what were their relationships like with their neighbors? And especially, you know, when they were trading and were there any attempts to start, you know, taking over territory? What was that like? So, uh... In, in a word, they were bad relations, but they managed to, to survive and to cohabit, let's say, um, because of this uh, gift 
of of being uh, so good at uh, at like sailoring and at trading that the others the, the other empires close to them prefer to let them living and using them and use them than uh, conquering and and taking over their all their cities so what happened that in many instances also like the most important cities of of, of the Phoenician uh, civilization were completely destroyed uh, like Sidon and Byblos were destroyed by the Egyptian and by the Hittites in around 13th, uh, the 13th centuries BCE. And then they were rebuilt, of course. Um, then the Egyptian and the Hittites empires collapsed at the hands of the sea people that came, came from like this strange phenomenon that happened in the period of history that is still a bit unknown by the history, historians. Uh, and also here, the, nobody knows how is still really di discussed how they survived also this arrival of these sea peoples. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is very strange. Uh, but in this period, after the, the, the defeat, they flourished for being another time uh, conquered, let's say, and uh, raised to the ground. They, some whole cities were again burned down um, by the, the Assyrians before, around nine, 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 the 9th century BCE, and then the Babylonians as well, and finally the Persian. Um, but what happened is that they were so good at having managing these trading routes, uh, of expanding their trading, uh, uh, refining goods, uh, that this whole all, all the times this empire were arriving on the shores of, of the Phoenician land, they were just basically putting a bit of their hand of it, but leaving um, a lot of independence. Um, so a lot of an autonomy as well from the governing point of view. For example, one, one cool thing is that while there were the, the Assyrians were ruling over Phoenicia, um, that there was like the king of, of the city states of the of the Phoenician city states were still there the kings, but they were accompanied. They were basically followed all the time uh, by by uh, a Syrian governor. So there is this dualism as well in governing for some time. Uh, the Persians, for example, left them with a lot more of independence. They became actually a province of the Persian Empire. Um, but oh, it, it was it, this is one of the things that made me a lot like smiling while I was reading because they they resisted, they endured, they they survived uh, uh, regardless of all the fuss, the, all the destruction that was going around, all the very also mighty military powers that were all around all the Phoenicians. Uh, if you think only about the Greeks as well, they were big rivals with with the, the same Phoenicians. That's a really wonderful like take of this empire. I literally only knew them as ship master shipbuilders and and navigation sea people, um, and didn't realize they lasted nearly three thousand years. I mean, one of the things I do know is that the Carthage Empire was connected to Phoenician. I think it was a city state, if I'm not mistaken. And if I am, check out our Carthage section on our one hundred and one website <laughs> too, because it's there. Um, one of my uh, most like fascinating parts of this is the word thalassocracy. Um, a very fancy looking word it basically just means they rule by the sea which again it's very clear given that their <laughs> images of a boat carved into some stone from some tablet they traded all across the mediterranean 
Um, it's really, really cool where to check it out. Um, there's probably a version of it for ruling by land, which almost every other empire would be, but the Phoenicians are very unique to be Thalassocracy. I don't want to only focus on the water and maritime and shipbuilding, but that is just so quintessential to this empire um, that it was, is there any other things you learned or aspects to it, their relationship with their neighbors or just, just anything um, more to share? Because I'm, I'm just so fascinated by, you know, 2000 well, BCE, no technology, and yet they're <laughs> the most long lasting, endeavored, modern influence of all ships today were built because of their technology and, or, you know, creation really. So just tell me more. I'm so fascinated by it. Well, regarding this, this, the salocracy, what, one inter interesting aspect of it is that they basically, so what the salocracy as we understood is a confederation, let's say, of maritime city-states. And that was basically it. So we cannot call the, 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 the Phoenician Empire because they were simply loosely organized. So they were, there were these city-states that were independent and they were not even friends with each other. So most of the time they were rivals on trade routes. Uh, they even um, had some small, like small size uh, wars among them, but of very low uh, scale. Um, and they, they just, uh, they, they couldn't form a unitary uh, regime as well. And regarding this, I, I, there is one anecdote that is very interesting that, for example, when they were collaborating with the Persian in the last centuries uh, of their civilization, uh, um, around six, during the great Greek-Persian wars, also the Phoenician participated, took part in the expedition of Xerxes against, uh, against the Peloponnesian cities. Um, and each of the different Phoenician cities sent a fleet, but the fact is that they were not commanded by one whole guide, one whole commander, but each fleet had its own commander, its own, its own uh, guiding guidance, let's say. Um, so they didn't, didn't, didn't man, never managed to be friends, these cities. Uh, but still today we, we know them as a civilization because they were sharing a lot in the culture, in the type of goods that were refined, um, all in the religion, of course, um, and also to some extent and also to the political um, form of government that they had. That, this is just too fascinating to me that they weren't actually, so we're not calling it an empire, it's a civilization of city-states that didn't necessarily get along with each other and that over periods of time had different ruling entities. Do you know how we are continuing calling them kind of the Phoenician city-states? How are historians calling them, or who, who are they calling the Phoenicians over time? So, uh, speaking about this, uh, like the origin of the, of the word, as, it, as I, I brought in, in my introduction, comes from the, from the ancient Greek language. So, I, I, I will spare the, the pronunciation of it, but it, it basically... Um, the, the Greeks were basically calling the Phoenicians the purple people. So the, the ancient Greek word means red or purple. So they were the purple people. 
Um, and they were no, uh, known as such because of this giant uh, trading of dyed clothing, textiles that became the adornment of royalties across all over Mesopotamia, Europe. Um, so basically, this also manufacturing and processing of these seas nails were characteristics of all these different city-states. Um, as I told before as well, um, they, they shared um, a lot of the culture and the language and the religion. Uh, but actually, they were calling themselves in a totally different way, ways. Like if you if you had the opportunity to go to a Phoenician and call him like that, it, it would probably not understand because um, they were calling themselves Canaanites, Canaanites, I guess. So the inhabitants of the uh, lands of Canaan, basically, from how uh, it was uh, written in the ancient scriptures. Um, so this, this bunch of populations uh, of Semitic origins found themselves there at the proper time and for necessities, as I told before, uh, became really the, the dominators uh, in the Mediterranean for a while at least. I, I love that their legacy is that they're the purple people who built ships. I mean, it's just again, that's just a silly sentence. And yet this is so influential to literally anything that's been on any water like any boat or mega yacht or ship or whatever all came from this venetian empire if or you the see, purple people if you, crazy. Uh, sorry if you look at many also paintings for example of uh, of the renaissance renaissance or like uh, medieval age a lot of the clothing were still made out of these uh, uh, of this dye uh, taken out of, from the sea snails so certainly the legacy also there endured a lot. Man, that's so fascinating, especially because purple is the color of royalty. So there's also that, I guess, because of the connections to the Phoenicians, the purple people. I, I just find that so fascinating. And that is something I, I didn't realize they were independent city-states that were not Phoenician and yet we're lumping them together as one collective word for all. This is, wow. I am learning so much, and I, and I thought I knew this empire really well, or this civilization, not an empire. Um, let, let's jump into their econ, because we've talked a little bit about their trading, especially the, the purple <laughs> aspect of them. Um, but but what's what's more about their trade routes? Obviously, via the waterways, obviously with this purple dye, but um, but clearly how they survived so long. So if you have more details on it, I, I, I would love to hear them. So... Uh... Like the first reason they survived so long as well, and their, their trading inheritance survived so long is that they managed to build this network of incredible towns, settlements and ports all around the Mediterranean and beyond. Um, there are legends that they even circumnavigated the Horn of Africa, but there are no uh, evidence about that. Uh, but actually they got to Britain, um, they most of the most of the like one of some of the most important cities in Europe uh, that probably most of you also visited like Marseille, Palermo in Italy, uh, Tripoli in Libya, uh, the same Beirut uh, of course in Lebanon. Uh, these were all ancient colonies uh, and and uh, trading ports of the Phoenician Empire. Even Tunisia, for example. Um, if we want to mention another one. Um, so they managed to 
really create this strong network um, and what they were exporting in, the, in these very fast and resilient ships. Uh, they were exporting a lot of potteries as well. Um, so the, the Phoenician civilization, let's say, that stood, stood out also for their craftsmanship, their ability in the manufacturing of goods like potteries, like clay items, like metal, jewels, um, really also kind of precious metals like gold or ivory that were all imported from the routes towards North, North Africa. Um, and there are somebody, this is not still, there is there also about this, there are a lot of discussion in the academic world uh, and among historians, uh, especially after we open our doors to the Far East of the world, uh, that they were the Phoenician that invented glass as first. Uh, and the glass makers of Sidon were uh, very renowned all across Europe uh, for their ability in manufacturing glass. Um, so these were mainly the goods they were carrying and most of the economy was based on that. They were also a very, very capable, like they were a very skillful um, society because they were also very capable in, uh, in the agriculture. Uh, but of course, they, they, their, land, their land that was uh, fertile in the region was very, very uh, narrow. So they couldn't do much with that. They could just survive. But all their fortune and their prosperity was based upon this, uh, this great uh, ability in trading, importing goods, manufacturing them, making text, uh, clothes, textiles, uh, items, precious items, valuable goods, and exporting them all across Mediterranean, the Mediterranean Sea and beyond. I'm just intrigued by how many different kind of realms of expertise there were in the Phoenician Empire and trying to imagine, you know, how each of these developed and how the city-states maybe had one expertise in one city-state or in another, or if it was just kind of across all of them. I know that's a lot of information, um, but on that same topic of things, um, of, of the modern influence that the Phoenicians had, I learned from your 101 that they also really influenced um, the writing system and alphabet that is used by um, by some civilizations. Can you tell us about that one? Yeah, sure. That actually is another um, great uh, legacy of the Phoenicians because basically two of the most spoken languages uh, in the world nowadays uh, came from a mixture of Phoenician and some other language. So uh, both Arab and modern European languages are based upon Phoenician uh, alphabet. Of course, uh, with, uh, with a lot of modification from there. Um, so, um, they, what happened? We see that the Phoenicians were great mariners and traders. So they couldn't make much use of the very um, uh, complicated and long to write languages used, uh, alphabets used, for example, by the Egyptians that were using the hieroglyphs and by the Mesopotamian people that were using these kind of cuneiform symbols. 
um, they needed a very much more speedy way of communicating to doing the, their daily business. They needed to be, you know, you know we all know how finance works. <laughs> uh, so they they made up this alphabet made of composed of uh, 22 sounds. Uh, and it, these sounds could be combined to uh, make uh, words. So with this, uh, with the word, with this word, they were communicating, uh, communicating. And actually, when the, when the Phoenician uh, civilization declined, their neighbors took uh, advantage of of their innovations. Of course, in the in the in the realm of the sea, but also from this side, because the Greeks uh, took the Phoenician alphabet as well. They modified it. They, for example, had uh, turned the the sense like the, the the verse of the of writing. So the Phoenicians were writing from right to left, and the Greeks changed it. And for example, they added vowels to it. Uh, there were even simpler sounds and easy easy to make words with. Um, so from that, of course, then the Latin inherited the Greek alphabet and they modified it to the Latin alphabet on which a lot of European languages are based upon. Um, and on the same side, on the other side, on the Middle Eastern uh, part of the world, the same Phoenician alphabet influenced the Aramaic languages, the local Aramaic languages. And from these mixtures uh, seemed that the Arab, the modern or like not really contemporary right now, but uh, of some centuries ago, at least Arab uh, was born. Wow, we have to them to thank for for efficient writing in addition to maritime and and all these trade navigational instruments. I mean, that's a that's an incredible list. They were absolutely great, actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, if we look around in our world nowadays, we cannot. Uh, we cannot avoid uh, thinking how much of, of the current world is was influenced by such even small civilization, but uh, um, so innovative at least. I like also civilizations that are so much uh, groundbreaking in what what they do. And they uh, did what they were specialized of in the best way possible. Let's say the the, the amount of inventions that are coming from this one not Phoenician empire, yet we call the Phoenicians, is, wow, I'm, we can go on for so much longer, but we are wrapping up our time here. Um, everyone, please actually read this article. Matteo has included so many hyperlinks to continue this knowledge, and he himself is such a wealth that you could definitely chat with him. Um, but my goodness, this is so much more than just people who were really good at ships. Uh, <laughs> my goodness, modern alphabets for a good third of all languages spoken today, as well as the color purple and trading routes and economy, glass, wow. Just just simply wow. Read out so much more about the Roman Empire. Um, again, this call will be everywhere. Yeah, Matteo, any, any final words for us for about this Phoenician Empire? I am- no, I, I wanted to yeah. add one more very important legacy as well, uh, which is actually, that we, we all think that uh, the Greeks were the ones like um, experimenting, you know, Republicans form of governing uh, as first. But actually, 
like the reality is that already definition had done so uh, quite well as well um, for the same uh, Carthage that, that, that you mentioned before that was actually a Phoenician colony um, had, the, had a, actually a, rep, a republic with this figure, central figure that was called Sufet, a kind of judge translated, but uh, it's more, it was more like a, you, know, you can think of as a prime minister and a senate, a senate. And also already Tyre as well had experienced this kind of form of government um, that had been praised by, by as well Aristoteles, for example. Uh, himself in person, the, the father of, of democracy, let's say, <laughs> praising the, the Phoenicians for the, especially the, cart, uh, the, the, the experimentation in Carthage as really also, um, um, uh, let's say, precu precursors, uh, I can say that, of, of, of uh, the, the Greek polis at the end. The Cool. So also democracy and modern government. Thank you. <laughs> I, I am immensely blown away. We have Carthage as its own civilization on, on Alphuzaic's uh, page, so you can read even more as they are two different, I guess, city-states here. Uh, my goodness, what a wealth of knowledge you are, Matteo, this article is, and basically all modern things you like, we can trace back to the Phoenicians. So win-win-win <laughs> all around. Mm -hmm. Thank you all so much for tuning in today to this beyond informative and innovation heavy um, uh, civilizations in review. Again, you can see this on our Instagram, our Facebook, our website, our Spotify, um, and our YouTube, as well as read it on our main website, which is alfusaic.net. That's A-L-F-U-S-A-I-C.net. Thank you all so much. Have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.